the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi there, and welcome to today's broadcast of Way of Grace from Grace Bible Church in Hayward and online at grace-bible.com. We are back in the book of Judges once again, chapter 14, verses 1 through 20, wrapping up a message called Samson Gets a Wife and God Gets the Glory. Seems like a very rebellious man, but at the end of the day, we're realizing God's hand in this and his providence is far greater than we could have ever realized. We begin with a look at the mystery of this parable that Samson has about this lion that he's killed and the honey that comes from it, and how similar this is to the method that Christ used to confound folks with parables of his own and the mystery of Christ hidden. Join us. Here's Pastor Jesse with today's broadcast of Way of Grace. Your olive trees, your grapevines, your figs. And so forth. All of that is indicative of prosperity. And the Philistines were prospering. And Samuel was making his way through it. And as he was going through the vineyard of blessing, guess what happened? He met a lion. Now God is getting ready to teach Samson something and you and me too. And that is the lion rises up against Samson because the lion is an omen of the mission that Samson is called to and his battle against the Philistines. So here comes Samson wanting to go down to get his blessing. What is his blessing? His wife. And he's confronted by a lion. That's the nature of life. I'm sorry. Life is always filled with blessings and burdens. The rose has thorns on it. And now it's time for you and I to see God's will working out in that context. This is the first time that Samson discovers how much God is with him. Now notice what the text says. And as Samson came to the vineyard of Timnath, and behold, a young lion roared against him. First thing that lion did was try to scare him to death. That's the power of the lion. That's the power of the roar of the lion. And Peter told us that we need to be vigilant and sober because our adversary, the devil, goes about as a what? Roaring lion. Stay with me. I got you for about 10, 15 more minutes. What is the tactic here? The tactic is to scare you. The tactic is to induce fear. The tactic is to paralyze you. And the roar today is propaganda. The roar today is ideology. The roar today is policy. The roar today is stated government controlling your lives to such a degree that if you don't cower, they're going to devour you. Am I making some sense? That's where we are today. We have been that way since the beginning of time. Governments always ultimately rise up 
to destroy your freedom, your autonomy, your right to exist. And what Samson is dealing with is what we might call a, uh, a preemptive strike on the part of the Philistines to detour his purpose from going down to the country that God must subdue. See, I want you to get this. Are y'all ready? Samson is simply going down to the people that are oppressing God's people. Remember, I showed you that. That's chapter 13, verse 1. You can pull it up. The people of God have abandoned God, and now they're being ruled over by force by the Philistines. Whenever we sin against God, then God is going to allow us to go into oppression. Somebody's going to have authority over us because we're not walking in the integrity and virtue of freedom. Haven't I taught you guys that? Freedom without virtue is a what? It's a curse. And you can blame anybody for it all you want, but a lot of it is our own undoing. Well, we have failed to understand the price of liberty, the price of freedom, the price of autonomy, the price of being able to prosper in the context of freedom. And then you lose what you have because you have not honored it at the level that you should. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Then you want to blame everybody else for your problem. No, it's our problem. So God is raising this man who has been anointed, particularly for one task. He's a heat-seeking missile, but the way God is shrouding his mission is in his desire for a woman, and that is the gospel too. Our Lord Jesus Christ was a heat-seeking missile that came from heaven down to earth in order to get a bribe for himself, who was just as raggedy as this woman from Tim now. And he was successful then. So Samson is practicing. I want to make sure I say one more thing as we unpack the parable. Samson is not going down there with any kind of Romeo, Juliet, romantic eyes. I want you all to get rid of the romance. Marriage is not fundamentally about romance. It never has been. This is why you got so much divorce and so much unfaithfulness today. It never has been. It's always been about covenant. It's always been about faithfulness. It's always been about protecting domains for the purpose of prosperity from one generation to the next. That's what marriage is about. It's about discipline. It's about character. Being able to take a man and a woman and they both say, I do, under vows. Am I making some sense? Well, you say, okay, it's you and me against the world, against the world. Now I got to put up with you and you got to put up with me because it's all getting ready to come out. All that I am and all my glory coming out and all that you are and all your glory coming out. And we got to work out this covenant contract with more than just emotional eros feelings. Which is the big lie dominating the identity of human beings. We are not some bag of mere emotions. Am I making some sense? Of course I am. If we don't recover a biblical model of anthropology, we are lost. 
And so what Samson is doing is definitely going down to get a woman. I told you, you know, his testosterone levels are way up there now. It's time. He's a good Jewish brother. He knows that to complete his manhood, the woman has to come along. That's absolutely right. The world won't continue unless the ontological imperative is happening. Y'all follow me? So he's going down there. And please understand, he has already gone down there. He had a little conversation with her. And he went back and told mom and daddy. And mom and daddy getting ready to go down and do the long, uh, elongated conversation and agreement and contractual mutual development between her parents and his parents. That's a process. Now, while they're down there, guess what he's doing? He's talking to her. Remember what the text says? And he went and he talked with her and she pleased him. Isn't that what it said? So listen now, it was a conversation. They learned how to talk to each other. He figured out she had qualities that were worth his time. And she actually liked on him too. I want y'all to get that. It was right there. And now y'all can stretch it out as long as you want to. I think it lasted about a week. And Samson said, that's what I want. Now, again, I shouldn't even go down this pathway. I know you don't know nobody in a week. I know you don't know nobody in a week. But sometimes you don't know a person after a year. You don't know a person after two years. You don't know a person after five years. We know people hanging out in this kind of stalemate relationship for a long time, and they still haven't figured it out. Can I tell you why? Human beings are complicated. And so the best marriages are marriages when they are grounded in principle, grounded in covenant and grounded in character and grounded in the God that gave us the principles, the covenant and character. And don't just say God, because a lot of y'all do that too. God is to be understood in your Bible as a covenant God has said a faithful covenant keeping God that tells you if you follow these rules, you'll be blessed. If you don't follow these rules, hey, I'm for you, but you're getting ready to have a rough ride. You operate primarily out of a permissive will, and God will be for you, but you can tap your home. Y'all hear what I'm saying? So now I do want you to understand this. Samson's only going to be married to this chick for five minutes. It was never meant to last. Because his job was to penetrate into the Philistine culture as an espionage agent for God. Don't, 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 don't. Y'all keeping up with me. Got a few more minutes. And so something happens that's unique, and that is what we call the effusion of God's power in the life of Samson under point number two. So point number two, sub point A, the adversary roars. Sub point B, the spirit what? Rushes. I've told you about this before. Look at the verses. Absolutely profound the way that it's, it's set up. Notice what it says in verse five. Then went Samson down with his father and he came to a vineyard and behold, a young lion roared against him and the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. Don't miss that. There was a correlation between the infusion of the spirit and the attack of the lion. Samson is not calling on on God arbitrarily because he wants to worship God. God's helping this man because he's under mortal threat. And God strengthens this man to destroy this lion with his bare hands. Y'all keeping up with me? 
This is what we mean by the power of the gospel, the power of the word of God, not by power, nor by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Here we have, as I told you last week, an allusion to King David who was a keeper of sheep, and God allowed him to take out a lion and take out a bear, albeit with a sling and stones, which once again affirms the foolishness of preaching by which God conquers his foes. I told you that Samson is a one-man wrecking crew. He won't have a posse. He won't have a group. The job he has to do is an inside job from beginning to end. He is just like my Lord Jesus Christ. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? So you guys see Samson in a certain light, don't you? Here's the light that you see him in. It was of the Lord that he sought an occasion against his enemies. And Samson happens to be the man. And you could be the man. And you could be the woman. And you could be the couple. You could be the family that God would be pleased to use to bust up power systems over God's people anywhere. If you believed God, that is the application, child of God, right? That is the, whosoever the son shall set free shall be free indeed. And so Samson is going to liberate his people, is he not? But he's going to suffer for it, isn't he? But they're going to suffer for it, too, on the way. And I want to learn about that study. I'm almost done here. Look under point number two again. The adversary roars. The spirit rushes in. Here's the way you and I want to capture this language. Isaiah 59 verse 19 says it like this. I want to just kind of give you a little bit of the verbal expression. It really has to do with a level of infusion that God gives his people in order that they might prosper in the task to which God has called them. Here it is. Um... So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun when the enemy shall come in like a what? Now, is that not the nature of the lion rushing with a voice loud and thunderous trying to completely disrupt Samson's whole emotional makeup? Is not that the way the enemy works today? Is he not coming with a flood after humanity to wash them out and get them so emotionally discombobulated that they don't even know where they are? Now look at the promises of God. But the spirit of the Lord shall do what? Lift up a standard against him. Now, again, you got to know war. You got to know military. The raising of the banner means that the presence of the king with all of his hosts is there to subdue that resistance. Now, is that the way God works in your life? Is that the way he should work in your life? That when the enemy comes against you, you merely wait on God. You merely trust in the Lord to come through. Lord, help me to overcome this evil. And God will help his people every time. Think about it, child of God. Think about it now. Think about it. How many times has the spirit of God delivered you from a situation which you knew you could not overcome on your own? I don't care how subtle it was. A standard was lifted up because you're on the team of Yahweh. You're on the team of Jehovah. You're on the team of Yeshua. You're on the team of Jesus. You're on the team of Jesus Christ. Right? No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you to judge you, you will condemn because of the righteousness of God given to you in Christ. That's Samson. 
Samson has a mission to accomplish, and he's showing us an optic of the destruction of the Philistines in killing the lion. Y'all got that? But that's called a secret. It's called a secret. It's a secret. It's a secret. It's as much a secret as it was for Christ. Remember what the Bible says? Had the princes of this world known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. That Christ came in secret to accomplish our redemption. And Christ destroyed the lion by his death on the cross. Am I making some sense? And now out of the eater comes honey. Out of that which is strong comes the sweetness of the grace of God in Christ. Now my enigmatic brother who dresses crazy and wild and has long hair is down in Philistine country and he's down there no less to take a bride to him. You don't think he didn't stirred up the town? Here this brother rolling up with all of this weird wardrobe dress. And I hear say he's a Hebrew. He's acting like a free man. Because see, the Hebrew people are our slaves. That Bible's clear. All of the Jews were in bondage to the flesh. Remember the Philistines represent the uncircumcised flesh. That's the culture I live in. I live in a culture where the flesh dominates. And we give value to it like it rules. It doesn't rule. It tyrannically controls, but it dissipates, meaning it's wasteful. The flesh doesn't produce fruit. The flesh profits nothing. It's the spirit that gives life. But ladies and gentlemen, let me say it before I wrap it up. We are so wrapped up in the flesh in the 21st century, we can't tell whether we are of Samson or of the Philistines. I'm telling the truth. Isn't it a wonderful thing that a Samson like God in the person of Jesus Christ would set his eyes on us? So this girl is getting ready to have an opportunity. She's getting ready to have an opportunity to escape the judgment, isn't she? She's getting ready to have an opportunity. Let me set forth the parable and then we're done. Because what we're dealing with is a paradox here. We're dealing with the paradox of the price that's paid for joy. So notice what the text says over here, over in verse six, uh, verse seven. And he went down and talked with the woman and she pleased him well. And after a time, he returned to take her and he turned, to t- uh, turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. And behold, there was a swarm of bees and honey in the carcass of the lion. Do y'all see that? I love narratives, don't you? Yeah. Greatest stories in the world. Let me help you with that. And I promise this is it. We'll pick it up next week and deal with our enigmatic, uh, funny dressed a long-haired, hippie-looking, saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost brother. Are those enough adjectives for you? (laughs) Straight-up Christocentric brother. They went down and negotiated the marriage, and their legal contracts were established down there in Timnah. She's legally his wife. 
But just as the Bible lays out, you and I are legally Christ's wife by his death on the cross, but he still got to come back and get us. So what happens is hubby goes on home to hang out with mom and daddy from anywhere from a week to a couple months to a whole year. So now he's coming back after a lengthy time at home and he's passing by the vineyard and wondering what happened to the lion. Y'all keeping up with me? Right. It's been a while because he's going to get his girl and he discovers that the lion's carcass is still there. Isn't that what it says? All right. Now you got to be thinking. You got to be thinking. This is why I love teaching. You want to think with me? He killed that lion and hid that lion. That lion could not have been left out there in the open because not only would there have not been other cadaverous birds that would have completely consumed it down to the bone, but other people would have gotten hold of it and gotten rid of it because even for those cultures, that would have been an unclean thing. That's roadkill. So he kills the lion in secret and he hides the lion. And when he comes back, he discovers that the lion was hid enough well, but to his surprise, he finds a profound mystery in the lion. Inside the lion, the carcass of the dead lion, bees have developed a complete system of honeycombs. That's your paradox. And he reaches in and scoops out three, four big old chunks of honeycomb. And I love this. I'll talk about it next week because the honeycomb speaks to us of the sweetness of the gospel by the word of the living God, right? Is not your word sweeter than honey, right? And the honeycomb has not only nutritional value, but it's great for preparing you for war. Because what the honeycomb does is it quickens you. Remember the son of Saul, Jonathan, he dipped his sword in the honey. And when he ate some, his eyes illuminated fully and he gave it to his brethren and they were able to fight the Philistines. Now, what are we talking about? We're talking about the sweetness of the grace of God that comes as a consequence of the death of Christ. And his death destroys our enemy, which is Satan himself. And we get to enjoy the benefits of the accomplished redemption of Jesus called the sweetness of the word of God. Is that right? It's sweeter than honey in our taste. Now, guess what else he did? This is what I love about the narrative. I promise I'm done here. He gave some to his mom and daddy. Did he? Did he give mom and daddy some? Did he give mom and daddy some? told you Samson is not some wild-eyed boy that is undisciplined and unbridled in his behavior. He loved his mom and daddy and he gave them some so that they could enjoy the fruits of the gospel even though they would not see how Samson accomplished it. How many of us are like that who have experienced the blessings of grace but have not been taught clearly that a price was uh, paid for that blessing. That we don't really appreciate the fact that the life and the goodness and the prosperity and the opportunity for us to live and make a living and enjoy life. I'm talking peace of conscience. I'm talking peace of mind. I'm talking peace of heart because of the grace of the living God. But all of that came at a price, child of God. Somebody had to fight our mortal enemy. 
and put him to death in order that we might enjoy the the sweetness of the grace of God. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? So here as we leave, do not ever do it again. Do not ever take the honeycomb of the gospel and put it in your mouth and not know the bitterness of that same honeycomb in the death of your Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Because just as Samson has to die, Christ had to die in order for you and I to have the life and the sweetness and the blessing and the joy of the honeycomb. Amen. We are out of time today. We'll close our program out here and pick up where we left off next time we're together here on Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastand. Thank you for spending a few minutes with us today. We trust it was profitable in your walk and relationship with Christ. Our goal here at Way of Grace is to make sure that you are growing in Christ, that you are living a life worthy of the calling that has been placed on your life from the gospel. If you have questions, comments, prayer requests, as always, you're welcome to reach out to us here at Way of Grace. Our phone number is real easy. You can reach out to us at 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. You can also reach us at our website, grace-bible.com. And you can email us from that website as well as find out more about us, who we are, what we believe worship opportunities. In fact, our worship opportunities are really quite simple. Sundays at 1030, we meet here at the church in Hayward. We also have a Friday evening Bible study at 630 and then a Tuesday evening prayer and Bible study at 630 as well. For more information, again, grace-bible.com or call 510-886-9782. Reach out to us by mail if you want to write 22768 Main Street. That's 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California. The zip code is 94541. As always, it's a pleasure spending time with you here in God's Word, growing in His grace. Until next time, may Christ be your way of grace. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.